Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we're delighted to be joined by artist and author Charlene Monique. Um, Charlene, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you and uh, whereabouts in the world are you joining us from? Well, great. Thank you for having me. And I am here in Kent. Brilliant. Well, it's, it's great to have you on the show um, and really appreciate you taking some time to have a chat with us. Um, now, I was hoping to start at the beginning, really. I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about your your kind of origins in music, uh, you know, when you first started becoming a fan of music and how that developed into actually kind of writing and creating your own material as well. Sure. So I have been singing since I was probably like three uh, in the Pentecostal church, my dad was a musician and he would make my sister and I sing songs. And eventually she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But I always loved singing. And so from a really young age, I would like beg my dad to perform and sing. It just came really naturally to me. And I just loved kind of like performing for people. So that's where it all began, singing in choirs. And um, then I sang in a band when I was about 15 called Divine Unity. And we actually did quite a few things. We did some shows in Poland and we did a load of different things in the UK, like the Royal Festival Hall. And we did a load of that stuff. And then that stopped. And then in 2017, I released my first song as a solo artist. And I'm also part of the Kingdom Choir. So I also sing, and I had the privilege of singing at Harry and Meghan's wedding, recently toured with Gabrielle. I'm kind of sifting past a lot of different steps, but that's kind of like the trajectory. Church, a band, becoming my own artist, and now doing that alongside singing in a choir as well. Wow, I mean, we should probably mention Harry and Meghan's wedding. (laughs) How did that come about? What what was that like? Um, That was incredible. It was... The choir director got a phone call from somebody that she knows who knows somebody who worked as Prince Charles's assistant and he actually wanted a gospel choir at the wedding. And so she was called on to provide that. And yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind, you know, being escorted in a coach with police escorts through London <laughs> on the day and being in the green room and kind of seeing Oprah and the Beckhams and all these people coming in and having these people like celebrate us it, it was a bit of a whirlwind it's, it's been a bit of a crazy wave but a fantastic experience i've like to tell my children and my grandchildren and the program from the day is it will be framed and put up somewhere like it's a special thing <laughs> yeah absolutely great. i mean how how do you prepare for something like that you know because that's a show uh, or, or a performance rather which is going to be unlike probably anything else there's not going to be any other show that can kind of compare to that right it's a completely strange and unique thing to be a part of to to perform at a royal wedding is is not something many artists get to do um how did you feel you know were you nervous going into that was it just excitement and and does you know after after doing a show like that the the, you know nerves and uh, kind of uh you know worrying about performance for anything else afterwards kind of go out the window because you've 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 performed one of the biggest shows that you, you know probably anyone can can imagine performing at it's weird um I think because it's with other people and I wasn't singing a solo mm. it was back in we'd rehearsed the song to death we'd literally yeah. practiced it many times uh so by the time we got there on the day I think once you just kind of take in the environment once we got actually got into the car in Windsor and we saw that they're just like a couple in love I think mm. my mind was just 
even though this is like being filmed to billions of people, <laughs> I just kind of like calmed down and was relaxed. And yeah, I, to be honest, when you say, does it cause nerves or other things? I was more nervous on tour with Gabrielle because that was just me and my husband. Right, and okay. there's no, which is a very, very different kind of like skill set. But with the well, skill set's not the thing. It's just a different atmosphere. It's just, it's a different thing. Mm. But with the choir, everybody's next to me. So if I forget my harmony, there's somebody there that can probably help out. Yeah. But when it's me, it's completely different. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned there about and always being part of choirs and things like that from a young age. But when did you start developing your skills as a, as a songwriter as well and actually coming up with original material for yourself? I've been writing songs and driving my family crazy since I was about 10. <laughs> begging, and my sister in particular, begging her to listen to my songs. <laughs> but um, I think when I started writing properly was with my band. I would write a lot of the songs on my own and with them. And then when it came to do my own music, it wasn't even an option. It was just like, I'm going to write my own music because I just love writing and telling stories and telling my story in the hope that people can connect to it. Like I, find, I feel like I'm a storyteller. So that's, it comes quite naturally for me. Yeah. Great. I mean, who, who would some of your musical influences have been when you were, you know, in those sort of formative stages as an artist? So from very young, it was a load of gospel artists because that's all my dad played when we were younger. So I don't know if the viewers will know some of these artists, but like Fred Hammond, Kirk Franklin, Mary Mary, like really gospel artists. But as I kind of developed my own artistry, but also Whitney Houston from a really young age. But in terms of me kind of singing soul, inspirational music, Lauren Hill is like, my favourite, favourite artist. Mm. I love Leanne Le Havas. I love Jill Scott. Um, I love Erica Badu. Um, some of these are like great artists, Flowetry. They're not together anymore, but back in the day, those were some artists that I really, really, really loved. Yeah. Wow. I mean, how did you go about then, you know, from, you know, as a 10-year-old writing music, trying to play to your, your sister and your family and get people to listen to those songs? How did you then, how, then go about pursuing this as a as a real career and, and actually pushing uh you know on to become uh, you know a, a professional artist and a professional songwriter what was the what was the the journey if you like was there a did you have a any particular like big breaks or moments that really set you on on a particular path or was it a more gradual thing you know tell us tell us a little bit about how you made that journey from being like an aspiring songwriter to a you know to a, a jobbing professional songwriter question Dan I think I'm someone that I would say I put myself out there quite a lot and I take risk which doesn't always work out for you but um now you're really making me think because obviously things don't happen overnight and you don't just go from writing songs to then becoming an artist I feel like I spent a lot of time doing things that weren't necessarily my thing that led me to do this so for example Karen, who is the leader of the Kingdom Choir, used to travel around Europe leading gospel workshops. I had no desire to be a a gospel choir conductor, but I would go with her. Um, And those opportunities just opened other doors for me. Um, And so then when it was time for the Kingdom Choir to do an album with Sony Music, my connection with her, she'd seen my artistry, she'd seen my songs. I had the privilege of having the only original song on the album. But I think it's all the other stuff that I was doing, just like supporting her. If she'd asked me to sing somewhere, I would just do it. 
I feel like sometimes different things lead to the thing. Even the Gabrielle tour, like being able to tour on that professional level is probably in my solo career one of the high, one of the highlights for me. And that came from just doing your, you know, your, your local gig, somebody asks you to perform and you sing. And I had the privilege of singing at an event called The Gold Show, where she happened to be in the audience because one of her old EBVs was one of my co-headline artists. It was a headline show with three of us. And she ended up DMing me and because she wanted to buy a CD and I didn't have any on, on, at the time. And then fast forward, we bump into each other at a, a petrol station, which is it's a crazy, crazy story. <laughs> wow. And she's like, hi you from that show I loved your set and she just starts telling me that she's doing a tour so I was like do you have a support act I'm just that kind of person I was like mm. chance and she was like I actually don't right now you should contact my manager contacted the manager who was also there on the night and they were like we loved you you were great I know that the opportunity didn't just happen it happened because they saw me they liked me but if I hadn't asked the opportunity wouldn't have presented itself so I just think I'm like one of these people that just like puts themselves out there and just takes a risk because all that can happen is they can say no I mean do you think that's I mean that's an incredible story you know and especially having that chance meeting at a, at a petrol station <laughs> but um you know is having that ability to just put yourself out there and and ask those questions and and create those opportunities for yourself presumably is a is a huge I mean that's always been a huge part I, I think in in, in being able to kind of get the right breaks and to and to make it if you like but do you think these days that's even more important than ever because it's so challenging now with with so many channels for people to put music out there are so many platforms for artists to to get their music kind of out there into the ether but to actually get it heard and you know in, into the hands of the right people is a, is a very different matter so do you think that's been one of the, the real sort of cornerstones of your of your career, that that ability to kind of just take an opportunity with both hands and go, right, I'm, I'm going to ask those questions. I'm going to put myself out there and I don't really, I'm not really too worried about what the, what the response might be. I'm just, I'm just going to go for it. I would say it's definitely worked for me, but I feel like obviously you have to have, how do I put this? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got the opportunity if my songs weren't of a certain quality and if my singing wasn't of a certain quality. So I think it's so important to just always give your best, put your best foot forward, do the best music you can possibly do, whether that's from mixing, mastering, like the quality, how you look on stage. You are the brand, you are the person, and that's what people are going to look for. But I do definitely think, because I can, I can give a number of other examples where I was just like emailing people like, can I sing at your event? And then years later they've come back to me now as they've watched my career. It's like, we'd like you to be on this platform, which is way bigger than how it was when I'd asked. But I do think it's been a great thing for me. And I do think it's a time where it's like, how many TikTok followers do you have? And how many Instagram followers do you have? And that's how you kind of get your booking agents. They're all looking at numbers, which can be, it can be really kind of disheartening sometimes when you don't have that. But I guess I'm from the school of the hard slog, you know, overnight breaks have never happened for me. Mm. Nothing's ever me easily it's been years of hard work I've, even though I've only been an artist since 2017 as in a solo artist I've been singing like and doing stuff and pushing since I was like 15 and I'm I'm 36 now so it's like it, 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 it's, it's different for everybody but there's always a, a trajectory and a journey to get mm. to that point and how much do you have to 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 kind of focus on those things like TikTok, Instagram, social media, all that kind of stuff. How much, cause you know, for artists these days, that is obviously a, it is a big part of, 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 
your package, if you like, you know, I think for a lot of artists that, you know, you, you do, you do have to be wary of those numbers, even though, you know, the focus of what you're doing is on your music and your art. It, it, you have to have an eye on those things as well. How much do you focus on those elements? Do you have a kind of management or a team that helps help you work those channels, or is that something that you manage yourself? You know, tell, tell us a little bit about that side of of being an artist in 2022. Sure. So I'm going to just be honest, Dan, and with all the listeners, social media is the bane of my life. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being so honest. I love it, and also it frustrates me. Um, I feel like it's a massive part. It's what people go to. You know, I, I did speak to a manager recently. Not mine. I don't I currently have a manager. Just to answer your question, it's literally myself and my husband. I would say, in a sense, he kind of helps to manage me, but I don't have somebody that's like, you know, oversees. My husband has his own work. He's a musician. He's an MD. He's a drummer. So he can't give me the time that a manager would really give. Um, so yeah, I'm self-managed. I have someone that kind of helps with bookings, but that's pretty much it. So in terms of like campaigns, when I'm putting a song out in the past, it's got really intense, but I feel like I've found ways to not let it be intense just because I've just kind of had to be like, you know what? It it is what it is. I can't change how many likes I get. I can't change who sees it. The algorithms are changing all the time on Instagram. I just have to kind of let it go. Trust that the content I'm putting out will reach where it needs to reach. Sometimes you can kind of do like sponsored ads. I do that every now and then. But I've had to just kind of talk to myself because it can really affect your mental health when you're constantly checking. I think having a child also helps. I have um, a one-year-old and so I just don't have time to be sitting on socials checking who's likes my post. Now I post and I just switch the phone. I don't switch it off, but I just, I don't keep checking back on the app. But there was definitely a time when I'd be like, oh, has anyone seen this song's coming out? I really hope people are engaging. But now it's too much stress. It's Mm. just not worth it. And it can get really overwhelming. So I think you have to find ways of kind of managing that and managing your time on social media. But it is important. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, particularly with, you know, not, I mean, it's, I think for anyone it's hard work, but I think when you've, when, when, you know, when you've got children and things like that as well, the idea of trying to, trying to sit there and spend hours figuring out your social media strategy, it's a little bit of a challenge as well, isn't it? Um, but, um, okay, that's, that's, that's really interesting. And I'm curious to know how the, the Gabrielle tour was as well, you know, once that all actually came about, how was it to, to actually go out on the road with her? Yeah, it was incredible. It was meant to be 2020, but obviously that year, especially for creatives, was kind of just like a non-starter. So it was postponed till last year, November. It was amazing to kind of like just be with somebody who's had such longevity, who's a female and who sells out shows after 20 plus years is absolutely goals for me. Um, She has all my respect. She was kind. She was welcoming. She was very disciplined. So, you know, I didn't have constant access to her because she would literally do like nearly a two hour set and then she'd go straight to her car as soon as she came off stage because of the vocal rest she'd need to take. But there were days off and sometimes we'd hang with her and her band and she'd call me and she'd be like, Charlene and Chris, come and hang out. And just, it was just so lovely. She gave me tons of advice. I think she's wonderful. She bought my book and she was like really asking for her manager to grab the book and she started reading it and started telling me about parts of the book you know for me as an independent artist to kind of be around somebody like that who's had that kind of longevity is just incredible and to kind of watch her every night on stage I really feel like it was a great fit her audience really got me they bought my merch you know I've, I've, I'll be honest I've never made so much money as an independent artist before like 
it was incredible. I just think it was a really good match because her music's very inspirational, um, as is mine. And so I just think her audience just connected with me because that gap in between my set and hers is about 30 minutes, where for me as an independent artist, that's where I make my money because I need to get people to kind of go around the back. So you kind of got this thing where you're trying not to do a hard sell, but then you need people to get up and come to the merch stand, which is that they haven't come to see me, but whatever I did, I'm really thankful because loads of people got up and they came and they wanted to buy CDs and books and t-shirts and take pictures. And it was just, it's a memory that I will definitely cherish because it was my first support artist slot. And it wasn't easy because it was literally myself and my husband. We were doing merch. He he was driving to every venue. (laughs) He was playing the guitar, the bass, the cajon. It was definitely a hands-on deck. I think you have to have a strong team. It would have been really good if I had like one other person because I did like a daily video diary, which I did myself. It was a lot. I feel like when you talk about social media, that's all at one um, I can remember being in the van one day um, and just kind of saying to my husband, I do not want to post anything <laughs> because there's so many, like he encouraged me to do a tour diary where I would kind of write down how every day was so that I could look back on it, which I'm so glad I did. And also my followers wanted to know what was happening at every show from day to day. So I was filming little clips of sound check and where we'd go to eat and people were really engaging, but it was a lot just to do as one person. If I had one extra person with me, it would have been amazing, but nothing's impossible. If you're an independent artist, you just got to get on with things, get on with it. I sorted the merch. We drove everywhere. We sold everything ourselves. It was hands on deck, but it was an amazing, incredible experience that I would cherish. I met so many beautiful people on that tour. And obviously the amazing Gabrielle and her team, it was an honour. Fantastic. I mean, you also mentioned, uh, you know, sales of your book there as well. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and how that came together? Sure, yeah. So I have a book called 31 Diamond Thoughts, Volume 1, which is, it's just basically a book that hones in on some of my thoughts about navigating life and finding contentment in all different circumstances. So it's separate thoughts for 31 days. You can read it for, or you can read it however you want. You can binge read it. It doesn't really matter. It's available on Amazon and on my website. But it really came about because of that tour. Um, I'm friends with a, a young lady called Philippa Hanna who has done so many support slots, Lionel Richie, Little Mix, you name it. She's done so many. And she was like, you, you make money from merchandise. And if you can write a book, I don't know what it is about books, Charlene, but people love books. And I've actually always wanted to write a book. I used to have a blog could be uniquely you and so I have a lot of content from that blog that I kind of transferred to the book and I just thought through remember baby girl was born I was writing with her in my arms it was a fight to get it done but I got a publisher and I got it ready for tour and I'm really really proud of it it just talks about how I've navigated marriage how I dealt with having a baby in a pandemic finding joy when you're dealing with someone dying I unfortunately lost two incredible family members during the pandemic 24 hours apart and I talk about that and just sharing loads of love and inspiration and hope and it's just a book full of my stories it's kind of an extension to my music but it's to uplift it's to make people feel good and happy and just bring some joy to what might be a challenging moment a challenging time in your life that's kind of what my music's about and that's what the book's about and people just loved it I talked a little bit about it during the set kind of just kind of giving people a snippet of it and I, some of my songs kind of linked to the book and it just flew off the tables it was literally my bestseller people wow. really bought the book um I don't even know what to say I'm like people are like how I'm like I don't know people just kind of I feel like people connect with truth I feel like people can tell phony 
from a mile off. But when you're genuine and when you're kind of just sharing from your heart, people relate to truth, true stories about you. They connect with it. And I think people just connect with my stories and just ran to buy the book. And I'm really honoured. Wow. Amazing. Um, and is there likely to be a volume two? Absolutely. Yes. We've already started volume two. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Hopefully next year. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, you've um, also become involved recently with Shaw's uh, Make the World Your Stage campaign. Um, what can you tell us about that initiative and, and how you kind of came came to be involved in it? Sure. So, yeah, um, my one of my mentors is a fantastic artist called Jake Isaac, and he was performing at their press day, I believe it was last year, last year, summer, around this time, and he needed a support act. And he asked me if I wanted to come with my husband to be the support at the press day. So I went there and I connected with a young man called Jack, who said he has this campaign called Make the World Your Sage. I saw that Jake Isaac was already a part of it. And they said that they would love to have me to do it. And I was like, of course I want to do it. And it didn't happen for months, actually. Like I, it was meant to happen last year. It didn't happen. And then at the start of this year, I got an email and Jack was like, we'd like to get you down to record. And I, it, it was a great, great, great experience for me to have, again, as an independent artist on such a massive platform. It's just a gift. And I think I love what they're doing. It's for up and coming artists. It's to give artists like myself the kind of exposure to a wider audience. And the day was great. We went somewhere that I chose, um, Subfrantic Studios, which has loads of colour, which is kind of what I feel like my brand and my music's about. It's about releasing colour and bringing happiness and joy to people's lives um and I got to sing one of my favorite songs it was just great amazing so so essentially it's a way of them putting you into a position where you can go and record music and then helping you kind of get that music out to to a wider audience essentially serving up a platform for yeah for for your music yeah absolutely um, it was an interview um photo shoot and an opportunity for me to sing my music but also having the microphones and the sound system that they had I'm not gonna lie I don't know I haven't heard it yet but they played some of it back and it sounded so good because the equipment that Shaw obviously have I'm using like the best in the industry and they obviously all knew what they were doing it was great to hear myself sound that good yeah amazing and how kind of how collaborative is the process do you have much contact with people from sure during this or is it a case of them just kind of providing you with you know a space and the, the tools that you need and then saying kind of go and do your thing you know what's the kind of relationship like between between sure and and you the artist um yeah the relationship was really great it was very collaborative they really basically told me it's up to me where I want to film it it's not up to them they want it to be somewhere that I connect with and so I sent them a number of options. We had some time constraints in the end, so I couldn't have some of the options I, I you know, really wanted, but I'm happy with where we did it. I feel like it works. Um, it, I was allowed to choose my own song. They just wanted to know which one it was going to be. And then when we got there, it was really like, you know, it wasn't like, okay, record it, we're using this take. It was like, let's record it a bunch of times. Are you happy with that take? And a few times, you know, we'd recorded it and we still weren't happy and they were really open to us recording it again until we were happy with the take that, you know, we were comfortable with myself and my husband. So I, I have to say for me, it was a really great experience, very collaborative. And I, I didn't feel like anyone was kind of trying to take over. I felt like it was definitely up to me how I wanted it to look, how I wanted to present the whole thing. And I look forward to seeing it. Yeah. Amazing. And um, 
Is it something that, that will kind of, that there'll be an extension from this? Is, is it something that continues beyond that one recording or is it, is it kind of like a, a, a one-off opportunity where you do this piece of work and then you get it released and it goes out there or is it something that is like an ongoing collaboration? I mean, right now, it's not an ongoing collaboration. If Shaw wanted to do some more stuff in the future, I definitely wouldn't say no, just because the experience has been so beautiful so far. But as far as I know, it's a one-off thing. They put it out there. It goes on their website homepage for about four weeks, and then it will be on YouTube for anyone to watch it. I can share it with whoever I want to share it with. Um, It will be shared on social media, loads of exposure for me, pictures, videos on socials. So... Yeah, I'm really happy, but as far as I know, it's not an ongoing collaboration. Okay, I see. But it's it's something that essentially allows you to put a really high quality product out there and to kind of showcase what you can do. Okay, fantastic. Now, um, I also just wanted to talk a little bit about the music you've put out so far this year. You've released a couple of singles uh, so far in 2022, I believe, with uh, Life and Human. can you tell us a little bit about those tracks and how they came together? Sure. Those were actually not released this year. I haven't oh, okay. Released any. They my were, my um, mistake. <laughs> absolutely fine. Um, they were released last year around April time. Um, okay. I, I released them as singles in the run up to my second EP, which was Perspective. Getting tongue tied there. <laughs> it's called Perspective. And Life is actually the song that I performed for sure, which is just a really chilled summer vibey song, just about seeing that life is beautiful and there's beauty all around us if we stop to see it. It's just kind of a feel-good, happy song. And Human is a song that talks about kind of like realising that we're all fighting our own battles and we're all going through something be nice there's always hope um kind of an encouraging song to kind of like you know look around the people around you I feel like that song came about very much so because I remember being on the street one day and there was a homeless man and I don't always stop to speak to homeless people but I just felt to stop to this and speak to this homeless man and he kind of said that he'd been sitting in the same spot for like two days and no one had spoken to him and it just really, really moved me. Like I asked him if he wanted some food or some money and he was like, I don't want anything. I just want you to sit and talk to me. And I just feel like those are the human moments. Like we all want connection. We all want love. We can act like we don't, but we all need someone. You know, but I don't need anyone. You do. We all need someone. And I feel like in that moment, it just made me realise we're all just human. And that kind of led to me writing that song amongst um, some other experiences. Okay. Wow. And is there, is there anything that, we can expect, uh, you know, on the new music front from you sort of before the end of this year. Is there anything that's coming up on the horizon that you can tell us about? Yeah. So um, there's two things. I'm currently writing. I've never done an album. I have two EPs and a load of singles. But I got funded by Help Musicians UK, who are incredible. For any independent artist listening, I would highly recommend you to apply for their Do It Differently um, and their transition campaigns where I got two sets of money, one for mentorship and one to produce an album. So I'm working on that right now. That should be out next year. And also in terms of a song release, I'm going to be doing a collaboration with a number of great artists with an organisation called uh, World Afro Day, which is the celebration of black natural hair Um, and hair in general and just embracing who you are and how you look 
um, it's a very, very big campaign and the song will be out in September. So I don't have any of my own releases. I feel like sometimes we can feel pressure to put stuff out, but for me, it has to be right. So last year I released a ton of stuff, but this year is about writing and then next year is about releasing my own stuff. But there is a song with a number of other artists out later on this year. Fantastic. Well, you know, we wish you all the best with the track and, and, uh, and with the writing and, and, you know, the new music when it eventually sees the light of day. But, um, Charlene, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and, uh, and really interesting to hear about your career so far. So, yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thank you. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.